The other day, I was talking to a friend. We were in uh, the church here that I look after. It's called St. Patrick's in Bradford. So a friend was in there. They're not a regular churchgoer. They're very, very new to just going into churches at all, especially Catholic churches. She turned to me and said, what's with all the gory pictures? <laughs> I looked and I realized she's talking about the Stations of the Cross. Oh yeah, we do have really gory pictures in our church. For her, it was really weird. So we talked a little bit about that. Now to explain why the gore, what does that mean? It, is it suffering and gore for suffering and gore's sake? That sounds like, like a sick director gonna make money just by the violence or a video game or something. Years ago, when The Passion of the Christ came out, Mel Gibson's movie, who is often accused of having gore for gore's sake, that was a big issue for those of you who were who were remember that. Lots of people were just, oh no, I couldn't see that movie, it's too violent. Anyway, one of our priests in my community was interviewed by an Italian radio station. They were looking for uh, a take on it from an American, so he speaks Italian. They called up and they got him. And uh, in the interview, the radio interviewer says in Italian, you know, what's with all the gore though? How could this be a good thing? Father Glenn, he, he thinks, he hadn't thought of that before he had the interview and this idea pops in his head and he responds in Italian, molto sanguine, molto amore, which means much blood, much love. And the radio presenter paused and went, bravo, bravo, well done, <laughs> well said. And that's it, we don't have this stuff for the sake of the gore and the violence. Absolutely not. The whole point is it is a revelation of love. What reveals love in a movie? Take a different movie or that's really, really powerful. Say something like The Lion King. Loads of people love The Lion King. What is it that moves people so much when the daddy lion, whose name I have no idea, lays his life down to save Simba? It's because he sacrifices himself, right? Any movie, just go on and on or any story that you like. Sacrifice even if it involves someone really suffering and it being gory, it's actually beautiful and incredibly moving. Not because of the gore, that's disgusting, it's an evil actually, because of the love that it reveals. And sometimes love can't be seen, except when it takes flesh like that and in its most extreme form and its most amazing form is in the, the passion, the suffering and death of Jesus. Now, this is such a massive thing for Christians and especially for Catholics. We kind of make it official. You know, every year we celebrate uh, Good Friday, which is the, the day our Lord died for us. And we all get together at three o'clock on that day, which was the hour he died. And we have this whole liturgy around his death, his sacrifice. We also on that day often will do the Stations of the Cross and other exercises. Now, I particularly wanted to focus today on the Stations of the Cross as something that you could consider praying regularly, especially during the season of Lent, but it's really something that a lot of people will pray. That's why in most parishes in the entire world, I don't know that I've ever been in a, in a church, Catholic church, certainly not in a parish church, where there isn't some form of the Stations of the Cross. I've been in some churches, especially in Derry, where there's like at least two, three, sometimes four stations of the cross. I might be wrong on the four, maybe I'm exaggerating, but at least three. You can never have enough gore, right? <laughs> so the stations of the cross. First of all, where did they come from? Um, uh, it was a thing, obviously, for, through the whole history of the church that people would want to go to where Jesus was. They would make pilgrimages to the Holy Land and especially to Jerusalem. And when there, it was a thing, naturally enough. Say, well, I want to see the, the place where he died. I want to walk the path that he walked in this 
practice developed over time of walking from where they think yeah, Pilate's praetorium was, where Jesus was condemned, all the way to the, the church of the, the Holy Sepulchre, where he, Jesus uh, died and rose again. And of course, Jerusalem's really far away and most Christians would never get the chance to go there. So over time, this started to, people wanted to take it home. This is a big thing for the Franciscans. Yeah because we're the best order in the whole world. Uh, no, it was just, uh, for whatever reason, it was just really close to the heart of St. Francis, that the meditating on the cross, meditating on the passion of Jesus. And there was another saint called St. Leonard of Port Morris, who was a huge promoter of the Stations of the Cross. And there was many different forms of it. Eventually, it became kind of this official thing of 14 different, like, um, parts. Uh, some of them, most of them are in scripture. Some of them are kind of pious traditions like St. Veronica, but there's these 14 different kind of parts of his walk from being condemned all the way to his being laid in the tomb. And uh, it enables us to kind of walk with him. And that's actually part of the, the official thing to do the stations sort of in the official proper proper way. You're supposed to actually stand up and walk around your church and go to each of the stations and to spend some time at each and you don't actually have to meditate on the particular image because usually there's, there's like these paintings. You don't have to meditate on this particular image or what it displays, but at least meditating and thinking about for a time at each station on his sufferings for you in general. Now, loads of tools out there to help you. Just Google it, Stations of the Cross, and you will you'll find piles of stuff. I have some here. Da -da 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 -da. Who do we have? Lots of We have John Henry, St. John Henry Newman. He's got a really good one. This is St. Pio, Pope Benedict, some unnamed dude. I think that's mostly scripture, so that would be God. God making the Stations of the Cross. Again, another one from Scripture. And this one from St. Francis of Assisi. Now, St. Francis, there wasn't like an official stations put together at that time, but they took just some stuff from his writings. Why, again, I meditate on the passion of Jesus? The idea is to grow in, in love of Jesus, right? So I want to become more like him. The only way to do that is to know how much he loves you because love begets love. It's not that we loved him first, but that he loved us first. I was trying to quote St. John, but turned into a total paraphrase. The more you experience being unconditionally loved by God, the more you will start to love him. Maybe with loads of conditions at first, that's okay. But bit by bit, our love will be purified, but it must be continuously fed and inspired and sourced in his love for you. So you need to look at his love. You need to look at it daily. You need to immerse yourself. I do too. And the saints without fail, like all of them were devoted to the passion of Jesus. I get to read the lives of the Franciscan saints, especially because I have to preach on it to the brothers here in the friary. And just the caption saints, there's piles of them of a big book. Every single one of them it just gets so tedious. I actually say it in the, it doesn't get tedious. It's amazing, but you know what I mean? I said it in a homily recently. And I'm like, and this saint brothers, guess what he was devoted to? Because <laughs> it's always the same. The Eucharist, the Blessed Mother, and the Passion of Jesus. And all of them meditated every day on the Passion of Jesus. We do this like in the Rosary, maybe twice a week, what, Tuesdays, Fridays. Uh, but lots of them would do that every day. Lots of them would do, make the stations every day, or they would just pray at a, a crucifix or with their crucifix. St. Conrad of Parzan, not sure if he could read, but he called the crucifix Mein Buch. He was my book. He was German. 
that was where he he read that's where he he saw every day this is this is the love my savior has for me and that's what transformed him into the saint that uh, we revere even if you've never heard of saint Conrad of parza one other reason to meditate on the passion of jesus saint augustine said that's the saint augustine of hippo he said that one tear shed over the, the passion of Jesus because you're, you're meditating on it is of more value than an entire year fasting on bread and water or a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And Augustine was writing in the 300s. That means you've walked to Jerusalem. Hippo to Jerusalem's a long way. One tear shed over the passion of Jesus is worth more than a whole year of fasting on bread and water. You're thinking one day fasting bread and water is good. That's what I'm thinking. 365 days in a row. I, I would choose the one tier, definitely. It's a beautiful thing to do. It's a powerful, powerful prayer. And it will produce great love in your heart. How do we do this? Okay, you, you could get some books and that, that's a great way to have a little tool, a little prompt, a little prop to get you started. We start with a vocal prayer and then we begin to get into the meditation and contemplation of these things. So that's a great way. You could uh, look online for one of those. But uh, I would suggest in the way I, I love to do it is just to stand in front of whatever the, each station and just ha have my own thoughts about it. Kind of write my own stations of the cross. And I'll just go and just for maybe a minute in front of each you know, it only takes 15 minutes to get through them all. And there are some prayers that are said, but to be honest, they're what we call frisbees, meaning they're just thrown in there. They're not actually officially nece necessary or anything. Just to start at the first one, lots of people will, will genuflect or make the sign of the cross, start with a little prayer. And then um, they might say, you know, in our Father, Hail Mary, glory be, and take some moment to think about what this image is. And you'd be amazed at the thoughts that will pop into your head and how beautiful how beautiful it is. And sometimes you get nothing and that's okay. Just to say, thank you, Jesus, for suffering for me. Thank you, Jesus. And then go on to the next one. So don't get caught up in the, oh, I have to do it this way, I have to do it. You don't actually have to do it. Just start to the first one and go to the last one. <laughs> Ask the Holy Spirit to inspire you, have a thought. And I've been amazed at just the new insights that I've gotten when I've just let myself be there with him and journey with him. It's something I try to do every day during Lent. I encourage you to do that, or at least Fridays of Lent, just to, as we prepare for this, this continuous preparation that we do to, to meditate on, on Jesus' passion, preparation for, for Good Friday, of course, but it's really preparation for the Mass. The Mass is, is the sacrifice, the, the, give, the, can, the eternal giving of Jesus offered to the Father on our behalf. He lives forever to make intercession for us. He gives himself pours himself out continuously in sacrifice for you and for me. So let's receive that giving of his. Let's meditate on it. Let's get as much as we can out of his incredible gift to us. God bless you. I hope that is helpful. <laughs> Sorry. I want to end with a God bless you, but I'd already said God bless you. God bless you again. <laughs> I hope that is helpful. God bless.